Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 502. The Starting 502 Podcast. Powered by the State of Louisville. All right, we are back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. As you know, my name is Preston Meyer. Alongside me, I'm my co-host, Nick Connor. Nick, battling. He's battling the uh, – he's going through his Jordan flu game right now, just battling the Ohio Valley elements. Uh, in Cincinnati, you are not – you don't get a reprieve from the, those Ohio Valley elements. So, uh, Nick, how are we doing on this fine Sunday, buddy? You know, the, the weather is great. I'm not doing too hot, but I'm powering through. It's basketball season. Twitter's on fire, but – we're here to do what matters, and that's talk about basketball. That's right, man. We're proud of you for uh, for pushing through um, for, for for the people, for the people. So uh, today, right. essentially, we just wanted to take a dive in, into what the season could look like. You know, we have our first game of the season on Tuesday. Uh, we've seen a red-white scrimmage, seen two exhibitions, uh, and and now we are going into kind of uncharted waters. Uh, Mike Begies will take over uh, on at midnight on Tuesday, I guess technically. And Chris Mack will be neither seen nor heard. He'll be off raising a uh, a newborn puppy uh, at his house, which I thought that was very creative. He was like, "I'm gonna have nothing to do, so I might as well just just house train a dog." Um. So so that that that'll be interesting. Uh, but essentially, Louisville's going into a stretch where they're gonna play six games without Chris Mack, uh, two of which are gonna be in the Bahamas uh, against a pretty solid squad, four of which are gonna be you know, the, the team could have no coach and I would hope that they would find a way to win the game. So it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting uh, to, to see, but we want to kind of dive into the season as a whole, I guess, Nick, the, my first question would be when you're looking at the non-conference, uh, what exactly stands out to you? Do you have any games circled on the schedule that you feel like they're big swing games in the non-conference and, and, and how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I, th- I think the big thing, is don't lose a game before we get Chris Mack back. I think if we if we go six and zero in that stretch, we'll be in really good shape. Mack comes back with um, Michigan State, NC State, the first conference game. Remember we did that last year. We have that first conference game, and then we go back to non-con. Um, interesting scheduling, but again, it gets tough really quick once we get Mack back. Then you've got at Western and then at UK. 
So we have got to be ready to go when that stretch comes. Of course, we got that trip to the Bahamas over Thanksgiving break as well. Um, I think if you split there, that's probably successful. So I think that's where I start is probably with the Mississippi State game in the Bahamas. They're a trendy team in the SEC. They're kind of a bubble team, depending upon where you look and who you listen to. But they've got some talent. They've got some transfers that came in. I expect them to be pretty good. So I think that'll be the first real test for Louisville. Do I think they'll struggle with the team before that? Yes, but I think they'll, they won't lose until then. Um, but I think that that game will tell us a lot about what we've got. Sorry, my voice is struggling this morning. No, you're fine. You're but, fine, man. You're doing great. Sound wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I think the Bahamas is where I circle. I think that's where the season really gets kicked off. I think we find out a lot there. I would be fine with splitting there personally. You got Mississippi State first, and then you play either Maryland or Richmond based on that first game. I mean, that, that's three tough teams right there. So those are three teams that are at least going to give you some sort of mirror to look at. And then I, at Michigan State, we're going to find out what the rotation is really like in that game. Max back. It's in East Lansing. It's part of the Big Ten SEC, ACC Challenge. I expect a real good fight there against a very, very good Michigan State team. Yeah, I mean, so non-conference, do you have a non-conference uh... – what, what, what's what's the maximum amount of losses that will be acceptable to you in the non-conference? I think in a in an ideal world we lose two games. I think that's asking a lot of this bunch with eight new guys with Mac come, with Mac out and then back in going to the Bahamas, playing at Michigan State, playing at Kentucky at Western. I think four is acceptable. I think that's a lot. Um, if if you lose four in the non-con, then we're talking about having to probably be in the top half, top four or five of the ACC. Um, to comfortably have a, a seed in the NCAA tournament. I don't really want to get into that, you know, that quickly into the season. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think there needs to be some urgency. You cannot roll into that week that has Western and Kentucky with two non-conference conference losses already. So, so there's got to definitely be some urgency there. I, I agree. Uh, four losses would put them at seven and four in the non-conference, which is not, uh, not ideal. I believe starting off, Louisville plays a terrible Southern team, uh, a Southern team that is probably, I don't know, I would say they're comparable to to the last game that they played, right? Like, I think that – I think so. I, I think they're pretty comparable to, like, a, a, a solid D2 team. Um, Furman is solid. Navy is going to – I honestly would just be talking out my other end if, if, if I gave you any analysis on Navy. Not really sure. Detroit Mercy, not the best. Um, that stretch they should go for no, but there's always that asterisk there without Chris Mack. And then you get to the Mississippi State game, and Mississippi State fascinates me. I think they're a top 25 caliber team. Um, they bring back, uh, I believe it's DJ Stewart, uh, mm -hmm. and then they also bring back Tolo Smith, uh, Iverson, Iverson Medina, something like that, Iverson Molinar. That sounds right, Iverson Molinar. Then they add DJ Jeffries. They add Garrison Brooks. They add Shaquille Moore. And then they add Rocket Watts, you know, the big name mm -hmm. in the offseason that Louisville fans wanted to go after. Um, so they, they added a lot of really solid pieces. Um, I like their coaching staff. Um, I like what, what they're putting together at Mississippi State. It's a team that always gives K Kentucky a bunch of trouble um, in the SEC. Uh, I think they're definitely a, a tournament type of team. So that'll be Louisville's first real test of the season. Um, and it's going to be a 930 game on CBS Sports Network. So it's going to be like one of those just kind of weird vibe games where they're going to be playing mm -hmm. in like a like a small gym or like a hotel. I'm not even, I'm not even sure what the setup is for this one, but essentially they're going to be playing in like a, a with weird vibes and weird setup without their head coach first true test. Um, so that'll, that's all, those are always interesting games to watch. 
and then you play Maryland or Richmond after that. Yeah, and, and Mississippi State's a little banged up right now, so that's that's important to think about. Rocket Watts is hurt. He's supposed to be back mid-November. Okay. Um, and I know there's some behind-the-scenes talk about some other guys that might have some injury issues. A lot of what I've heard Mississippi State preseason is the product you see at the beginning of the year is not the product you're going to see at the end of the year. The rotation is going to look different. So that tells me you win that game, that might turn into a quad one win later in the season or quad yeah. two win. So that's one of those key ones you circle and say, even if it's not not the team exactly that they'll be come tournament time, that's not what RPI and all those those factors go into necessarily. And that's a that's that's a non-con neutral neutral floor game. So that's that's a big one right there. Um, but yeah, I think Mississippi State has has a lot of potential. So that that's one that you circle and say, this one might turn into a really, really quality win down the road and then like you said richmond richmond or maryland same thing maryland's gonna what? play a really tough you ever see that maybe rich what never yeah. mind all right yeah you're coach good. carter I, in case you've never seen it you say rich what apparently not richmond yeah every time i go through richmond kentucky i think about that and sorry by the way i was totally fixing my laptop cord there i was that was i was totally listening though um, no you're totally no, fine no but yeah so, i think i think that's a that's an opportunity that you look at and say those are two good quality resume building non-conference games. And like you said, I'm not sure exactly what the setup looks like, but we got to get those done. And you got Michigan yep. state on the backside of that. Then you got NC state snuck in. I mean, that, that four game, two weeks or two and a half week with the holiday stretch a, is a, is brutal. What a stretch. I mean, essentially if you beat Mississippi state, your reward is you play probably Mississippi state, Maryland, Michigan state, NC state, none of which are at home. That's a hell of a stretch. Now, granted, NC State doesn't count as a non-conference game in this, you know, in this, uh, you know, subject that we're talking about right now. But that's a hell of a stretch. And then DePaul is is no gimme after that. You know, despite what Mike Rutherford would tell you, they're they're going to bring a solid squad in there. This is not the Romeo Cornell days. If I'm looking over the entire schedule, just like you know, first glance, just like looking looking at the schedule as a whole, I circled a lot of games. And the non-conference, Mississippi State being one of them, DePaul being one of them, uh, Western Kentucky being one of them. Uh, so th- those three games, I feel like those are the swing games, right? Like if they get miss, if they beat Mississippi State, then they're gonna have to turn right around two days later, um, and either at 10 a.m. or uh, essentially at noon, uh, play either Maryland or Richmond. Um, so so that's you know a tough tough stretch there. I think DePaul is a challenge on the back on the back half of that extremely challenging. A road stretch essentially they're going from the 20th of november until the 10th of december without playing a home game so you're going 20 days without playing a home game and in that stretch they're going to be going through the gauntlet and then west kentucky always has the talent so it, it, it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting stretch there i think that three losses is probably a realistic prediction uh with two being optimistic and one or zero being like you know, this is a special team if that's what happens. So this is by no means an easy non-conference stretch, and it doesn't help that you, you don't have Chris Mack for for the first six games of the season. So my my prediction would be would probably be three losses with two being kind of like my optimistic thinking approach. It, it, as far as what Mike Pegues brings to the table, do you have any inclination of of what that could that could look like? And do you think that the transition without Mack is going to be a challenge or do you think it'll, it'll be smoother and it's a little bit more overblown than we think? I think it's going to be overblown just because they've known it the entire offseason. So th- this isn't fresh news at this point. 
I think Pegues knows what he's doing. I think he's probably two years away from a head coaching job down the road somewhere. And I think that Jared West is going to lead the way. And so I think we yeah. know Jared West is the vocal leader. Mac has told us that over and over and over. We've seen it in the exhibitions. We've seen it in the red, white. So I expect guys like Jared West and Noah Locke to lead the way. And I think they'll get it done. And will it be sloppy at times? Yes. Will there be times when he needs to call a timeout and get four new dudes in the game? Absolutely. But I think we're going to get enough from him. And, you know, we can, we can say anything we want to say here, but the university obviously looked at the schedule when they decided on six games. And sure, that is what sure. it is. Yeah. So I think it is manageable, and I think he'll, he'll be just fine. Yeah, and if you're a casual fan of college basketball, like you look at the schedule and there's not going to be many people outside of the city of Louisville watching Louisville's first six games just because of the way that, that the schedule is set up. Um, it will draw some eyes when you're on national TV, when you're on ESPN in the ACC Big Ten Challenge at Michigan State. And if you go into that game 6-0, and Michigan State's probably going to be somewhere around the same. Um, then that's 100% a marquee matchup with Chris Mack coming back. I definitely agree that there were there was some, you know, there's obviously some thought that went behind that. Um, I don't know how you decide on six. That seems like a very arbitrary number. Jeff Goodman went into why the suspension was stupid in the first place. I don't think we have any disagreements there. Um, but the non-conference presents more of a challenge that I think that that a lot of us are, are willing to kind of kind of stomach right now, given just everything that's going on around university. But uh, none of us want to see that kind of six and five, seven and four kind of start. But it's not it's not like it's not possible. And, and you know, I think it needs to be thrown out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Out there at least. Moving into the to the conference play, into the meat and potatoes of your schedule, the ACC looks like it's it is starting to it's back on the upswing again. That's kind of my my thought process with the ACC. I think the transfer portal has helped quite a bit. Um, and then you have, you know, kind of a new era in North Carolina, uh, uh, tra- transitioning into a new era at Duke. Um, you have a Syracuse team that that is really solid, in my opinion. I, I think they're going to be a really difficult team to defend kind of a lights out shooting team might be Jim, Jim Bayheim's last kind of hurrah as well with his two sons on the team. So, um, and then you just, you just look down the schedule as always, it's just the gauntlet going through the ACC. Virginia is going to be good again. Virginia tech solid. Um, there's not a lot of gimmies once you get into January, there's just not, um, but how do you see the ACC kind of playing out? I know that's kind of a very big picture question, but uh, what, when you look at this ACC schedule, what stands out and then how do you see things ultimately playing out for Louisville? Yeah, I think it. I think it seems to be a season of destiny for Duke. It makes too much sense. Right. Um, they got all kinds of talent. Um, they've got the preseason all Amer or preseason all ACC player who's a freshman. Um, they've they, they've got everything that seems to make like the like I'm a big narrative guy. We've been talking a lot of college football playoff around here. 
it's a narrative. The whole, whatever's going to sell, whatever's going to get butts in the seats, whatever's going to make money for the network. I, I think I think Duke's going to win the ACC. They always are projected to, but I think they're actually going to win the ACC this year. I think they're going to be in the Final Four. Spoiler there, too. But I think it makes too much sense. Coach K has the team. I firmly believe that last year he looked at the team that he had coming up this year, and he said, all right, that could be the last one this last season. Eh, we're, we're okay, but this next year I've got the dudes. Um, and I, th- I think he was intentional about that. Um, this is Tony Bennett's worst talent team he's had probably since year one or two in Virginia. But does I mean, it matter? Really? It doesn't. I mean, look at the preseason rankings, right? The, yeah, the preseason yeah. ACC media rankings, they're four, and they got nine first-place votes. And this is easily his worst talented, his worst least talented team. Right. But it, but the dude can coach, so I don't I don't doubt Virginia will be good. North Carolina, like you said, transitioned to Hubert Davis, but again, still have dudes. I think moving to Hubert Davis, if anything, is going to help them recruit better. I think it's, if anything is going to help them relate to the NIL stuff better. I mean, I think that was the right time for Rory Williams to step aside. Virginia Tech seems to be that everybody's talking about Virginia Tech as the sleeper in the ACC. I mean, they got five first place votes, so I don't call yeah. it a sleeper. Right. Let's not forget the Cardinals got one first place vote as well. Um, but there's just Identify so many yourself, teams here. Mystery I know. voter. We're, we're still out here trying to figure out who that mystery voter is. Uh, none of none of our people have a vote, so there you go. But Notre Dame, I think this is this is make it or break it year for Mike Bray. He's on the hot seat. He's got again a team that can shoot. I mean. And there's just so many top to bottom. There's so many good coaches in this league that if you have a two week stretch where you, your wheels come off, you're in trouble. I mean, we, we've got that 20 game schedule again this year and, and into the future. And I'm, there's just some stretches where you're going to lose basketball games, but you, I mean, you can't lose three or four in a row. I mean, you're just, you're dead in the water if that happens, but I, I think it'll be Duke. I didn't even talk about Florida state again, Florida state is going to be the tallest team in the country. They're going to be long. They're going to have 12 dudes off the bench. They're going to probably make another tournament, deep tournament run. There's a lot of teams here, but but I'll just make it simple. It's Duke because it has to be, and it makes too much sense. Yep, I I 100% agree. Um, I think that Louisville is definitely being overlooked nationally. Um, But when you look at the ACC as a whole, when you look at your conference schedule, the easiest way to break this stuff down is to break it into kind of like three, four-game segments. And it seems like that's how they kind of create the schedule too. For teams like Virginia, Louisville, Duke, North Carolina, they always try to backload the back end of the ACC schedule because it just makes for more excitement, right? You have all these, you know, you have a, a few teams that are, are probably going to have inflated records and then they all end up playing each other at the end to, to ultimately decide who wins the conference. Um, we saw kind of Virginia uh, be a, a benefactor of not having that more difficult schedule last year where they were kind of front loaded and then kind of like, you know, ultimately showed who they truly were towards the end of the season. So the, it, it can work both ways. Um, obviously Louisville kind of has that NC state game crammed in there on December 4th uh, at NC state, kind of a, just a sleepy Saturday game coming off on, on the heels of, of a pretty challenging three game stretch. Um, so that interests me. Um, and then after the Kentucky game, you go Wake Forest at Georgia Tech, Pitt at Florida State. Like, you start breaking down the schedule just a little bit. Um, and you, like, for instance, you look at that stretch and you say, like, they got to win four games in that, fi- in that five-game stretch. Like, that's the easiest stretch they have all season. And then you go NC State at home, at Pitt, Boston College, Notre Dame, at Virginia. Like, again, you're, you know, you're thinking, like, you got to win three out of those five games. You got to win, you know, 
you know, you can't ever drop more than two in a row, like you said. Um, and then as the, the schedule, you know, starts to become more daunting, um, they don't even play, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it doesn't even look like they play Duke or North Carolina, uh, until the earliest is January 29th. So they play. Yeah. And, and that's, this seems to happen every year, right? January every 24th sing- at Virginia. Every single year. Every then, single year, our front schedule is not loaded. And then we go Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Monday. And that's what happens yep. at the end of January. Yep. January 22nd, Notre Dame at home, at Virginia a day and a half later, at Duke on three days rest, at North Carolina on one day rest, or home against Duke in North Carolina. Yep. I mean, yep. what, come on. what a hell of a weekend, though, for, uh, for the Louisville fan base. Like, I might actually just take off work on that Monday and just enjoy myself. Uh, I mean, you, know, you got a to. 7 p.m. tip against North Carolina. So we're talking, you're going to have a nooner against Duke, which is nice. Um, and then you follow it up the next Monday with North Carolina. Uh, and I'm pretty sure those are both theme games, by the way. So if your fans uh, check that out, I wish I was more prepared for that. But I believe one of those is a blackout and one's a whiteout. Uh, could be could be backwards on those. But um, essentially, that stretch right there, I mean, that'll that will make or break their season. But when you look at the non-conference, that's why we talk about these games against Mississippi State, DePaul, Western Kentucky, those kind of like those games that you should win, but doesn't mean you're going to. Um, that's why those become so crucial, because then when you start to rack up losses during a tough schedule like this, like the difference between seven losses and 11 losses is ultimately going to that could be like four seed lines in the NCAA tournament. Right. So it's 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 crucial even though it doesn't seem like it at the time, like, oh, we can make those up on the back end. It's crucial that that they get the wins when, when, when they can start racking them up. Go ahead with the – we got the theme games. Duke, Duke the 29th, uh, the noon tip is throwback day, so I expect that's when we're, we'll especially wear our probably cream throwback, if I had to guess. Right. And then that Monday night North Carolina game is a blackout. There you go, I, which I love the blackout. I, I, wish I wish they did two blackouts here. I love the blackouts. Um, but – this stretch at the end of January, early February, like it is, it's daunting. Um, at first of all, they host Notre Dame on Saturday, Saturday the twenty second, which you know we haven't talked about Notre Dame, but they're definitely going to be much improved over last year. They were super banged up and had a lot of issues last year. Um, and then um, after after Notre Dame, you travel to Virginia, like you said, on you know basically one day's rest. Then you come back five days later, host Duke one day's rest, host North Carolina. Then you travel to Syracuse and again to Notre Dame. Um, you kind of have a bit of a reprieve at home against Miami, at home against Clemson, but then, then of course, the end of the season at North Carolina, at Wake Forest, which is hopefully should be a win, uh, and then at Virginia Tech and home against Virginia. Like, that's a, that's a hell of a schedule. Uh, I mean, you know, you could pull out any other schedule in the ACC, and I don't think it's going to be any, any more difficult than that. Big Ten, you name it, like anywhere around the country, you know, Louisville is going to have a top 10 strength of schedule, in my opinion. Um, so given all that, with all that in mind, um, I like the fact that Louisville has a senior-laden team. I like the fact that they're going to have to learn to come together as a team without Chris Mack. That, I think that's going to kind of be an underrated storyline uh, if they do end up, you know, starting off the season hot, is that they kind of had to learn how to to gel together without their leader, you know. You know, and that stuff we'll probably hop on. Um, but ultimately, I think you want to see, you know, as you kind of indicated, Nick, you want to see double-digit wins in conference to feel comfortable. Um, typically in the ACC, uh, in, in the past, double-digit wins would get you in the tournament now that you're playing 20 games in the ACC. 
Um, I'm thinking 12, 12 to 13 is the number you're looking for. Um, when I look at the schedule, I think, uh, you know, at NC State kind of crammed in there in the non-conference. Uh, and then you go um, at Georgia Tech on January 1st. So January 1st at 2 p.m., New Year's Day, they're going to be at Georgia Tech. That concerns me. Um, and then you have that like little stretch after Duke, North Carolina, say they win one of those two games or they're two very emotional, emotionally taxing games Then you go at Syracuse at Notre Dame, which is a stretch that I don't like. Uh, and then at Virginia tech, like those little stretches, like at Georgia tech at Notre Dame at Virginia tech, those are probably games that Louisville should win, but those are the, the kind of games that, that are the difference between a double buy and, you know, maybe playing on, on Tuesday in the ACC tournament. Or those could be the difference between making the tournament and missing the tournament. So those are the games that stand out to me. Like fans are going to overreact to Duke and North Carolina. They're going to overreact when you take a loss to Virginia, as always. But it's truly those smaller games that they have to take care of business. Um, And we'll know more about each of these teams, including Louisville, as the season progresses. Uh, But ultimately, you have to win those kind of swing games, those kind of like 70-30 games. You have to take care of business and, and put it away. Um, or else, you know, you're looking at the same result as last year um, and, and in Chris Mack's first year, essentially. Yeah, I mean, another thing that jumps out to me is we have North Car- at North Carolina as a Monday night game, too. I mean, we are big Monday, apparently, this year in January and February would appear with the conference. Um, yeah. I, I, I had myself somewhere. They play 31. I had myself somewhere in the, in the 21 and 10 range before we started recording and I'm struggling to come up with only 10 <laughs> losses to be completely yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But I, I think this is one of those situations where you may have a Louisville team that is 21 and 10 and is a four seed in, in the NCAA tournament because they have all kinds of quad one and quad two wins and they don't really have anything beyond quad two, quite honestly, losses. I mean, nothing on this schedule other than the first six without Mac are going to be quad three, quad four, quite frankly, unless the bottom falls off of the ACC, which it might. I mean, there might be some really bad bottom feeders, but the way those those rankings and those uh, metrics work themselves out, we probably will be fine by tournament time. Um, I think the big thing for me is no January slump, no February slump. We cannot have a stretch where we lose four of five or four of six. It just is, it's not going to work. But the thing for me also is, are we winning the games we should win this year? And I think that's a, that's a really good metric for us. Are we yep. winning the at Wake Forest? Um, I mean, even the at Syracuse and the Carrier Dome. Are we winning the games that we will be favored in most likely? Um, and what are we doing on those games where we have one day rest? It, do we look like a team who's prepared? Do we look like a team who is self-scouted well, who has scouted the other opponent well? And I think that's what comes down to the Ross McMaines factor to bring it all back is with this quick offense, um, as Mac has emphasized, they don't really run a whole lot of set stuff, at least at this point. What that does is it makes it incredibly hard to scout Louisville. And that's what needs to be done here. I mean, if we play a team like North Carolina, the reason that North Carolina is really hard to scout is because they don't run a lot of set stuff. They just get up and down. They get offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and they just get out and run. I mean, half of their scoring is dunks and inside four feet. That's really hard to scout. And that's what I'm excited about with Louisville is the potential to run that kind of offense and to get into the two-man, three-man game where the ball handler comes down the floor, the spacing is perfect, he makes a quick decision on which side to give the ball to, there's one high screen set, and we get to the rim. And there's no question of 
all right, we're going to stand around four, four up, you know, four high, one low. We're going to toss the ball around. We're going to watch the shot clock for a little bit. The max going to change the set. I think you're going to see a different offense completely as we've talked a lot about and as everybody has, but I, 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 I think that will help us this year. And obviously defending, defending travels. We've got to play really good defense. I was excited to see the pack line back in the, in the second exhibition game really felt like for the first time in a while, it was noticeable. Like you could actually see, Oh, all five guys are not letting anybody in the paint. Like we are very clearly restricting access to the paint. So that's really exciting to see. So I think that for me, the big thing is we're going to see offensive gains. We're going to score more points, but are we, are we playing a style that is harder to beat us one Mm -hmm. and two, are we playing a style that obviously seems to travel on one day rest or five days rest and everything in between? Yep. And I mean, I mean, that's a great point with, with as far as just the conditioning and everything, when you have these couple day turnarounds, I mean, it, it, this is why you see a lot of teams having players on rest or, you know, there's all these complaints now that, that people go to NBA games and LeBron's not playing and they will, they want to take their kid to see, to see LeBron. Well, LeBron's played three out of the last four nights and he has bad needs. You know, like it's like, it's, it's going to be similar in a sense here because Louisville has those quote unquote NBA esque turnarounds where they're playing one day and then they're essentially just going to have like a day off with no practice or anything, maybe a walkthrough. Uh, and then they go again and that could be a great thing for them or it, you know, it could be detrimental with, with the style of play that they have. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I'm super curious to see what it, what the style of play affects more. Is it going to affect DePaul? Like it, 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 when you're playing, I think DePaul is a perfect example because they're like a, a power six type of program that is just like very middle of the road. Right. And so it's a team that you should beat, but they're going to have the athletes. So like, is DePaul the type of team that, you know, is, is Wake Forest, the type of team is NC state, the type of team Pittsburgh. Are these the type of teams that, that Louisville is going to be able to just be impossible for them to prepare for, or is it going to be more like when you're playing Duke, like our athletes versus your athletes, like it, it is, is, is it going to be a situation where, you know, a, a team that's loaded like Duke in North Carolina and Kentucky, where they're just, you know, very willing to um, get out and run the floor with you because they have all these, you know, young, super athletic players, and they're going to kind of thrive in that sort of situation. That's the kind of stuff that concerns me um, is just just looking at the schedule. Is, is Louisville going to be able to kind of put put better teams away with this style of play or is this something that's going to just behoove them against you know Richmond and Furman and and these teams that are going to be okay but but teams that you should beat um, so ultimately I, I think that's what I'm most interested in seeing um, you know right out the right out the gate you know we'll know by the end of this month essentially uh, by that Michigan State game on January or excuse me December 1st um, what exactly the style play means uh, for Louisville. Uh, any final thoughts on, on the schedule? I mean, I think you've, you've covered it well. I, th- I think this all leads to a floor that is on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament because it's a really tough schedule and there's eight new pieces and Mac was gone for the first six. I mean, there's enough factors to say that's a possibility. Um, and, the, and the conference is, like you've said, it's going to be, I think, much better this year. I mean, much deeper than it was last year, going back to probably two or three years ago. But I think it also means the ceiling is like a three seed in the NCAA tournament. 
Yeah. Like I, I do think that's possible. I mean, I mean this, we have a schedule to, I mean, like we do every year, we could be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if you run the schedule with six losses and you win the, the ACC tournament or losing the championship, you could be a one seed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that the, the difference in three or four games in this league, you know, as you've said, is two or three seed lines. Um, and I think the ceiling is a second, you know, second weekend team in the NCAA tournament. And, and I think that's the expectation that's been coming out of players' mouths. Um, that's been coming out of Mac's mouth. And that's what we're expecting here. Um, I think it's make it or break it season for Chris Mack. Um, I personally don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but I, regardless, it, it's time to see the product. And, and he's, he's moved the pieces. He's brought in new assistants. I think going back to the, the schedule piece, we're going to find out how good those assistants are when they all have their roles on those on one day prep, we're going to find out yep. if they know their stuff or not. Yep. Um, but I, I think, I think it comes down to a successful season this year for Louisville is a deep NCAA tournament run and a seed that we're not sweating on selection Sunday or anything close to not even in the end of February. We're not even worried about if we're in, we're worried about what seed line we're on. Mm-hmm. And, and we're seeing that offense make a huge step forward. We're seeing the return of really good pack line defense. And we're seeing a team that is, tough together and unbreakable as max says and as the videos say all the time are we seeing all of that and if we saw all that then that's a successful season and recruits are going to start coming in the door and the program's in the right direction absolutely and I, i'm excited to finally see a team that is going to bring a different product to the floor and to kind of wrap this all up i kind of want to treat this season kind of like how uh, like a mini mlb season right like if you're a fan of the i'm a fan of the cincinnati reds if uh, yeah, I know. Uh, shameful. Um, but I'm a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, right? And like, I look at games like, okay, they dropped that series, but they won this next series. And I think that's how you kind of have to look at, at Louisville's schedule this year. Uh, you can't get too high or too low because they lost two in a row or they won three in a row or, you know, beat a great team. Like they're probably going to beat a top 10 team this year. And then they're probably going to lose to a conference team uh, that they have no business losing to. That's college basketball, but you can't get too high or too low. You have to evaluate it and see the season for what it is. Uh, and ultimately, I think that that if Louisville's able to do that and we're able to do that kind of as a fan base and, and maintain our expectations and be realistic about what we expect, uh, I think we could be in for a really fun season. Uh, and so that's that's what I'm excited about. Uh, Nick, I cannot wait to talk to you at like 11.45 p.m. on, on Tuesday night. Uh, but until then, uh, we will see you guys next time. Yeah, go Cards, beat Southern.